Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Heart of Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Siegfried, and welcome today. I hope that you are just having the most fabulous day. And if you aren't, welcome. We're going to change that and shift it around with some positive, positive and encouraging interviews, messages, and just some good old fun with my friends. Today, I am so excited to have Holly Christine Hayes. She is the founder of Sanctuary Project Jewelry, which benefits and also employs victims of sexual trafficking and sexual exploitation. So join us as we chat about her personal story and how she is shifting the lives and helping the lives of those who have been victimized. So join us today and enjoy. Well, thank you, Holly, for being on the podcast today. I'm just so excited to chat more about all that you do and the jewelry and the mission and your story. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This is such an honor. Yeah. So I always love going like back to the beginning. I I just love it because I truly feel like that's where testimonies begin. That's where it all starts. And for viewers, viewers, for, (laughs) for listeners to know, you know, it just starts with a little step. And then look how far it can bring you. So do you mind sharing just a little bit about where it all started and, and more of your story that led you to really creating Sanctuary Project and being able to help so many women um, come out of trafficking or sexual exploitation and all of that? Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I guess it all started with, um, with sexual exploitation and with my own trafficking. Uh, I grew up in a good family. I came from a good home and grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. And both my parents were professors and, you know, in every way, I think I was set up for success in life really, but there was some childhood sexual abuse that I didn't even know about that. I didn't remember, but my older sister remembered. And then, um, and then there was a divorce in my young teen years. Like I think I was 13 when my parents got divorced and the combination of those things, I think that unresolved trauma and then that divorce and my family and that perfect picture sort of falling apart, I think really led me down a dark path from, from a young age in those early teenage years. So I fell into, um, alcohol and drug abuse at a really young age at like 14 and started, yeah. And started drinking and using drugs like every day by the time I was 15 and, and then ended up dropping out of high school at 16 and got into my first abusive relationships and started having problems with the law. And my life really just fell apart very young. And, uh, and I think that that made me really easy prey for exploitation. Yeah. You were so like the void, that void that had just happened. Absolutely. I think like everything about my identity had been shattered and I just wanted to be loved. I mean, Mm -hmm. even when I think back to like sexual promiscuity or choices I made and, and even just like the ways I, I drank and used alcohol, it was all because I just wanted to feel loved and accepted and safe. And for a while, those things made me feel that way. And it actually worked. And then it just started getting darker and darker and progressing into more and more dangerous situations. So I met my trafficker when I was 19 and, um, he saw me from across the room and I think he saw right through my soul and was like that one, I'll take the drunk one in the corner (laughs) who, (laughs) who seems, who seems like she has no sense of self-worth or value. And, um, so sad that that's, you know, they know what they're looking for. 
Yeah. And they're, you know, they're looking for vulnerable girls. They're looking for girls who, who are estranged from family, who are disconnected in their relationships, who have an addiction because it's really easy to exploit when, when someone has an addiction, it's really easy to keep someone drunk or high and keep them doing what you want them to do. And so he saw all those things and, um, and he formed a relationship with me. So my trafficker was what's known as a Romeo pimp or, um, uh, you know, a lover boy, sometimes it's called in the trafficking world. He, he started a relationship with me and made me actually feel really loved and valued. And And I was like, Oh my gosh, someone loves me. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. You know, at that point I, I had, I had, I just wasn't, I wasn't a desirable partner. I was, I was not going to be on the bachelor. We'll just put it that way. (laughs) Well, you never know some of these. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, the producers would have enjoyed that. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) I would have made good good TV, but, uh, (laughs) but I, but I wouldn't have gotten picked. We could just put it that way. (laughs) But yeah, I, I think I've, you know, I felt so flattered that this, that I got this man's attention. And, and at first he was like showering me with love and favor and, you know, making me feel like I was so special. And, um, and then pretty quickly the relationship became abusive. And then right after that, it started to become exploitive and I found out he had other women. And, and so then he set up the sense of competition where it was like, okay, well, I want him to love me the most. And mm. so it was just a, just a horrific, um, situation. And I, um, so he started arranging jobs for me and, um, and selling me. And I, um, I just kept getting drunk and high. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to be his favorite. I wanted, I wanted to make him happy. Um, and, and it was weird because it was like, he, he made me feel like that was him showing me that I had value. Like he was like, you're so valuable. Men will pay for you. You know, he, he just manipulated everything about the situation. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel so heartbroken for anyone who has gone through that or is going through that. Um, so luckily my rescue came, I, um, I kept getting drunk and high and not showing up for the jobs he was lining up for me. And, um, and so he kicked me out and I ended up homeless and, I was on the floor of a public bathroom on February 10th of 2001. So 20 years ago in February, and I was watching my tears hit the floor and three words fell out of my mouth. I just said, God help me. And I didn't grow up in a God home. I didn't know any God people. I had no context (laughs) for God. I didn't, I didn't know who I was crying out to, but that night I ended up meeting someone who got me into a recovery program. And I've been sober since that day and safe since that day. And just set out on a whole new life that, um, that was the seeds of, of the work I get to do today. That's so incredible. I just love that story. I love how you tell it too, because you have such like redemption in your voice because you get to see other women come out of it, which yeah. is, what a reward. And yeah. so once you got clean and saved and all of that, how did you then come to really be where you are now with um, helping other women? So my first job that I had, um, in recovery. And once I started on that healing journey was actually working for a shoe shine stand. And, uh, it was, and it was so fun because it was run by people in recovery. And so we had this little community where we were all going through the same thing. We were all healing. We were all coming out of trauma and it was such a safe place. And it was such a special place because it was safe and we were allowed to cry at work and we were allowed to leave early because we didn't, you know, because we didn't feel like we could handle the day. 
And it was, it was just such a sweet thing. And, and then all day long, you know, these shoes would come in and they would be all dirty and, you know, and scuffed and, and the leather would be cracking and we would get to make them beautiful. And so all day long, I was making beautiful things, something messy would come in and I would get to make it beautiful. And so I think over time, this symbolism, yeah, (laughs) each year, it was like healing yourself, making, you know, yes. And completely transforming my identity into like, I am someone who makes beautiful things. I am someone who takes broken things and makes them beautiful. And I'm someone who, who is bringing beauty into the world. And, and it really shifted my identity and changed me so much. And, and then I ended up meeting someone uh, whose shoes I shined, who got me my first job in real estate. And I worked for a lot of years as a real estate um, investor and agent and worked in all areas of real estate. And, but always kind of dreamed of um, building a place like that shoe shine stand. And uh, I went to Thailand in 2011 and saw a, um, an organization doing the work I do now in Thailand, bringing women out of brothels and out of trafficking and helping them learn to make jewelry and the women making jewelry and community with each other. And it was just such a beautiful picture and all day long, they were making beautiful things, right? All day long, they were like taking pieces and showing each other and like, oh, look, look at this beautiful necklace I just made. Look at this beautiful bracelet I just made. Sweet. It's so sweet. Right. And, um, and so when my husband and I got married in uh, 2016, I moved, we were, I was living in Paris, France and, um, and moved back to America and was like, what am I going to do in America? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even remember how to be American. But I, um, but this dream was birthed again. And I, I actually looked for an anti-trafficking organization I could volunteer with and just mentor girls in, and there wasn't one. And, and I really felt the Lord say, um, because you're supposed to build it. And, um, yeah, so we started in, um, the beginning of 2018 and just celebrated three years of, of employing and empowering women coming out of trafficking, violence, and addiction. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I love that. You know, I also love how I feel like I've been meeting a lot of women lately where whatever it is that we have been missing or needing in our life, God is telling us that you are supposed to be. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really cool to hear you say that too, because you're like the fifth person I've like talked to where it's like, you know, I really wanted a mentor, but I couldn't, no one, I couldn't find one. And then God told her, like, she's supposed to be the mentor that she needed for, you know, for women. That's amazing. So it's just cool to see. And also just like standing in the gap, Mm. you know, like you, you realize that there was something missing and, and these women need help. They need recovery. Mm. They need purpose too, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're giving them purpose and allowing them to see that they do have a purpose for like, God has given them a purpose to continue forward. And just to, I don't know, to get healing and and to know that they are loved. So I love that so much. Yeah. And redeeming that very area that was most devastated too, because, you know, our traffickers took employment and perverted it and exploited it. And, and so to take employment and use that as the very thing that redeems someone's life is so beautiful, right? Because it's like, this is the area we were wounded. We were wounded in, in work. We were wounded and, and being told that this was all we could do for work. And this is the only way we can take care of ourselves. So to take that and use it really that way. I really, that's really good. Yeah. Because it is, you, you're using your body for work and getting paid and that's where they are saying your worth is. Yeah. 
And so to say, actually your, your being and your work can be so beautiful and it can be something that's the exact opposite of what you were doing. And, you know, and even just practically to be able to rebuild resumes, because so many of us coming out of a trafficking situation have a criminal record, have, um, no work history or no legal work history, no resume to, to fall back on. And so to be logistically, even giving those opportunities is really important too, because that rebuild building process is about more than just getting away from your trafficker and getting the help from the, for the trauma. Those things are all vitally important, but then what's next, right? Like you want to be able to reintegrate in the world in healthy ways. And so there has to be that stepping stone or that place that's willing to give you a first, a first job, a first chance. Yeah. And to feel comfortable, you know, like after not being able to trust so many people uh, to feel comfortable and confident that you can trust (laughs) your employer. That's really, that's really beautiful. So where do you see this going from here? Because I feel like one thing that really is disappointing to me in America and maybe across the world, I'm not sure about other areas, but it's really disheartening to me that trafficking and sexual exploitation is like not discussed and people just brush it under the rug. And, and some even just go to the extent to say it's not true. And it's, it's very disheartening because it's not just women, it's children. Yeah. I mean, you were a child, you were 19. Yeah. And so I don't know, it's really disheartening. So what can we do as every, you know, just in our daily lives, what can we do to help or to help spread the word? (laughs) I think that's part of why I wanted to make a jewelry line and why I wanted to make it beautiful. You know, I mean, I had seen all of these compassion jewelry brands, you know, overseas. And it was like, oh, those are cute little beaded bracelets or like, oh, those are cute feathered earrings. And I might buy one, you know, but like, then I don't wear it because, you know, it's not, it's not my (laughs) style. And so totally, I I hear you. Yeah. Your jewelry is absolutely stunning. So that was part of that. That was really intentional. I mean, one of the, one of the things that always sort of bothered me about sort of the compassion jewelry world was that it all had this specific look that was very handmade and beaded and feathered and a certain specific look that maybe there is a, a buyer for that. But what I wanted to do was say, okay, what is the mainstream buying? What is a mainstream woman shopping for at Nordstrom or at Target? What is she wearing? What is she what is she attracted to and how can we take those pieces and have those pieces made by survivors so that she's buying something that she would be wearing anyway. So we can actually have more women wearing jewelry that is giving back and starting conversations. And so my hope is that, you know, everyone listening today goes and buys a necklace and then wears it. And their friend is like, that's so cute. That's such a cute necklace. Where did you get it? And then you get to have that conversation, right? Because it's hard to just go to brunch with your friends and be like, so trafficking, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. You're like, but if you're wearing a cute, yeah. But if you're wearing a cute necklace or a cute pair of earrings and someone compliments you, then you can start to have conversations in your everyday life that say, actually, these are handmade by survivors of trafficking. And did you know that there's so many survivors here in America and, you know, this company is employing empowering them, which is really important because so much of their identity and self-worth has been destroyed. So, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's so many ways we have to educate and, and I think it starts probably in those high, high level places in government and in, in law enforcement. And, um, but, but there's also just the everyday ways we can educate by doing the things we're already doing, like shopping and wearing cute jewelry. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, I know. I love that. It's such a great way to, because everyone, if they like something, they're like, oh, where'd you get that? You know, I think that's so perfect. And I love right now. I love your new, like turquoise stuff. It's so pretty. I'll have to get you some so people can ask you, where's that from? And then you can tell them I'm like, who can I buy this for? Um, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So and, and for a gift too, to open yeah, up that yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. with someone who, um, you know, who maybe doesn't know about this. And, you know, I think inside of the church and inside of like the bubble of kind of Christianity it's talked about, but outside of this bubble, it's not as much. And so being able to gift something to your friends that maybe you're not going to a church where they're hearing about anti-trafficking work and say like, isn't this just a pretty piece of jewelry, but yeah. now we can, now we can have this conversation. That's so good. I absolutely love that. Do you have plans to expand or do anything else along? We hope to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my dream and one of my sort of goals is, is three cities by 2022. I mean, we're, we're trying, um, you know, I think it's, it's exciting to see that people are taking to it. We just got picked up by target.com, which is so exciting. So So, that is so exciting. It's really exciting. And so I think we'll need to at least have a fulfillment center somewhere else so that we're shipping to the East coast and the center and the West coast and maybe Europe. We get a lot of like, um, you know, we get a lot of interest from Europe where, where social enterprises are newer and sort of becoming, uh, um, an expectation or a thing in their culture. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, my, I have such big dreams. I'm like Enneagram Great. three. So I'm like, I want to employ every single survivor who ever was trafficked. <laughs> and like, you know, I mean, I like, if it were up to me, I would just be like sanctuary project in every city and expanding into residential programming and care and, um, and, you know, and partnering with law enforcement in every city for rescue efforts and getting involved at, at the, um, you know, at government levels, even to talk policy. And, you know, I think it, it, I have to stop myself sometimes and just remind myself, like, just do your peace, Holly, just, you know, just yeah, do but this, maybe this, that this is, part. This could be your training ground for what is to come and what you're meant to do, you know? Yeah. 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 Especially if you have those dreams in your heart, you know, they're there. Yeah. For you do it. It's that you do it thing again. Yeah, it's I know, I know. Right. I look around all the time and I'm like, why is there no like national thing where people are like, where it's like set and regimented and, and there's like systemic programming that we can get people into. And I look around at those things and just think about how broken the system is and and how much I wish someone would fix. Right. I know. Where are you located? We're in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Perfect. Right now I'm in Nashville. So this is a city that we're, um, that we're looking at expanding to, and I'm from San Francisco. So that would be another one that would be intuitive. Are you looking to expand as in, do you have retail stores or just in, um, production, like fulfillment? It would be both. Um, so we, we started to launch a retail store in Austin and then COVID hit. So right now it's just a showroom, but we are hoping that, you know, we're hoping that once, um, once all of this is past us, that we'll be able to actually open it as retail. And yeah, I think the dream would be to have retail and fulfillment in, um, in three places and just to be able to partner with organizations that are already on the ground in those cities and, and employ their women, because there's so many organizations doing care and, um, and housing and, and things like that for women. Uh, and so I really want to find those ways we can partner and, and be that employment piece for yeah. those. Well, I mean, employment is, so, employment is so important because how you, you, how can you 
sustain a life without right. payment, you know? Yeah. So, you need to rebuild in that way and go back into the workforce. Yeah. And, and it also and, builds that confidence in, yeah. within yourself to, to get back out there. So very important. Yeah. Very important. Mm-hmm. Well, where can people find the jewelry and follow along on social? So sanctuaryproject.com, that's the best place to, to find us. Or and donate if you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a sponsor, a survivor program. So if you're someone who likes to partner with nonprofits and, and support, we are a nonprofit and a 501c3. So, um, so you can sponsor a survivor and, uh, and actually provide that employment for them by, by partnering with us monthly, either to provide one day of employment per month, one week of employment per month, or a full month of employment for a woman in our program. So you can find all of that at sanctuaryproject.com and then find us on social at, at sanctuary underscore project. And then you can find me um, as well. If you want to follow along with my yeah. little life, which is just like me and my husband on our little farm and our daughter, and so we have a two-year-old. So that's always an adventure, um, but you can find <laughs> me at, at Holly Christine Hayes. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you would love to offer for advice, tips, how we can play our part, anything? Well, I think just what we were talking about that I just would encourage every single person listening to, um, to get a piece that you can have a conversation around. Um, so, you know, find something you love and, um, and find that piece that, that is going to start that brunch conversation. I'd love to give a discount to your listeners too. If <gasps> yes. Oh okay. my gosh. That would be, let's fabulous. do like Desiree 20 or something. So everyone can have 20% off, but only Perfect. if you're a Desiree listener and fan, don't give that away <laughs> to other people. You have to already like be subscribed to her podcast, be following her on Instagram, follow us, you know, all the yes, things. All this the is things. not for everybody. It's I just for that. you because you're a fan. I love that. Desiree 20, go get yeah. jewelry and make a difference in a woman's life. That's, yeah. That's what it's all about. So thank you so much, Holly, for joining me. Uh, Oh, it's it's an honor. And I just adore your jewelry. Like I, I I am so glad that I, I ran across it and now I can also tell my friends about it and tell other people about it because it's beautiful. Well, you make it look good too. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We adore you. And I have been a fan of yours for a long time. So it's such an honor to like have you promoting our work and, and just to see, I mean, if you had told me that like one day my jewelry would be on a bachelorette, I would have been like, no way, no way. So this is such a dream come true for us to, to, to just have the support of, um, of you and, and people like you. And we're just, uh, we're so in awe of, of all God's done with it. I love that. Well, he's going to continue to continue blessing your business as well as the women that you're empowering. Thank you.